How we work has already been changing, but COVID-19 has accelerated it. You yourself or people around you might be considering flexible work arrangements. And we also see headlines saying that people are quitting their jobs during this pandemic. Now there are many options. We have the freelance economy, gig economy, contract work, being self-employed. Before you quit your job, what are the things you have to look out for in these new roles? Hint, it's a lot of admin stuff, insurance, billing, finance, accounting, marketing. Working at a company gives you the luxury of not having to worry about them because there are other departments handling them for you. But should you decide to strike out on your own, it's time to pay attention to these things. This episode is also for those who are already freelancers and self-employed. We talk about your pain points, unexpected challenges, and how to overcome them, and how to negotiate with your clients so you don't lose out. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my name is Andrew and welcome to another Chill with TFC episode. In this series, we talk to interesting people with relevant experience and insights to help us learn from their perspectives so that we can create the life we love and manage our finances as well. My guest today is going to talk to us about the future of work and how to adapt and thrive in it. She's the CEO and founder of Doers Circle. They focus on the needs of independent doers, which could refer to entrepreneurs, freelancers, self-employed, even those working for corporations, because the trend is that fewer and fewer people will be traditional employees going forward. Let's welcome Hella Priest. Usually, what do people get wrong about gig economy? What people get wrong? Mm, usually, what do they get wrong? They misunderstand it, and you mm. have to explain it and clarify it for them. So you mean about the people taking part of the gig economy or people from outside of the gig economy? People who are in the gig economy yeah. and people from the outside looking in at them, but usually what do they misunderstand? Maybe the gig economy is made out of uh, certain people that they, or they didn't realize that this group of people are part of the gig economy as well. I, th- I think basically there's several elements to it. And I think it, it's quite interesting because when you use the terminology gig economy, to mm. some people it means something, to other people it means something else. So p- some people will talk about the gig economy, some people will talk about the freelance economy, some people will talk about self-employed people. I mean, like some people will talk about project workers. So if we talk about the corporate segment, they will usually talk about project workers. Um, lots of people that I've met, especially in this part of the world, when we talk about geek workers, they more talk about like grab drivers or food panda drivers or whatever. But in fact, the geek economy is much broader than this. So so I think if, if we look at what people think about the geek economy or what, what they think the geek economy is, then I think it you very often need to define depending on who you talk to. Because if you talk to people coming from the corporate side of the table, they have a completely different understanding if you talk to people who are part of the gig economy they have a different understanding so i think i think it's a funny thing because it's a terminology that has appeared over the past few years um, and it's not re- it's defined but it's not really defined uh, and i think there are, there are many terminologies that you can use for the same kind of thing and depending on who you talk to uh, you will get a different understanding okay so for our conversation today could you define it for us so that we know what we're talking about 
Yeah, the thing is, at Do a Circle, we don't really talk that much about the geek economy. We talk much more about the freelance economy mm. or, or the self-employed group of people. Um, so, so it depends on if you want to relate it to the Do a Circle uh, yeah, context. Mm. So in the Who do you focus on at Do a Circle? At Do a Circle, we focus on what we call independent doers. So we basically, again, define our own terminology. So we like to talk about independent doers because we basically believe that all people has the ability to be a doer and to be independent. And we believe that lots of people in today's world are striving to become independent. That's a, that's a tendency that we have seen over the past few years, that more and more people want to become more and more independent. They want to define their own life. And that also means that a lot of people, they want to basically take care of themselves and, and, and do things in their own. So when we say independent doers, that covers everything from entrepreneurs to freelancers to startups to creatives, um, everyone that does something on their own. Mm, so for example, a web designer, I can be working for myself and I'm taking on clients. Yes. I can be contracted to a company yes. and specifically doing jobs for them maybe for a year or two. Like, do you define these two separately? No, I, I don't define it separately. And, and I think it's quite interesting to look at what the future is going to bring because everybody is already talking about the future of work. But in my opinion, the future of work is not really future. It's it's already happening it's now. It's already here. And it's 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 very much about hybrid. So so if we if we look just like five years ago or, or 10 years ago, it was very much like either you was defined as a corporate employee or a freelancer or, or an entrepreneur. Um, and it was like if you was a corporate, you tended to be a corporate for your entire life. And I think what we are going to look into is hybrid ways of working. So so when you say like, hey, I could be a creative and I could contract uh, my work to different kind of clients or I could go on a more personal permanent contract with a with a corporate client. That is exactly what I'm talking about. So I don't think we're going to see these very well-defined boxes going forward. I don't think that we're going to see people either being corporate for their entire career or being an entrepreneur for their entire career. I think I think we're going to see a mix of everything. So you can see people having corporate jobs, a real proper corporate job on a real contract for a period of time. And then you can see the same person going out freelancing for a period of time. You can see the same person trying to build his or her own company for a period of time, may succeed, may fail, may do whatever, and they may jump in and out of different kind of job forms. And I think that's going to be the future. And I think this is one thing. This is this is how you sort of jump in and out of different roles in the future. I think it's I think it's going to be more role focused than 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 not necessarily sector focused, but but structure focused. So I think it's going to be much more about the role than than the previously defined structures um, within work. This is one thing. Another thing is that I think we're going to see people traveling more and more around. Of course, now we have COVID, so COVID has sort of uh, obviously eliminated that uh, that opportunity for a period of time. But pre-COVID, we actually thought we actually saw that a lot of especially young people they would be traveling around the world. They they would be digital nomads. Uh, lots of people have been talking about digital nomads mm-hmm. for a long period of time. But you can basically be digital whatever you can be. You could be a a nomad whatever going forward. And I think that's that's quite interesting. And I think we're going to see so much more of that. Can we dig a little bit into the roles focus? Mm-hmm. For example, let's say I'm, I'm a copywriter mm-hmm. and then like maybe I'm working with different teams at the same time. Like, is that what it looks like? Or how does it look like if we are focusing on the roles instead of just you know being a corporate employee, belonging mm-hmm. to this company? Right? What does it uh, differ? 
Yeah, it 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 is exactly as you say. I th- I think I think if we look at young people today, they are much more purpose driven. So that's what I mean by by role focused. Um, I think it's I think it's role or purpose focused. So so you can be a creative designer, for instance. And I think before traditionally as a as a creative designer, for instance, you would probably go into a corporate role, and then you would just be working for that corporate on whatever creative projects uh, or design projects. They would have, but what we see from especially younger generations now is that they will they will define their roles. They will look for their roles depending on the purpose that they have. So if somebody is very passionate about uh, protecting the rights of animals, for instance, uh, just to give an example, then 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 you might go out and find the clients that would have that same purpose, and then you might enter into to your creative works um, with with them. Okay. If that makes sense. Okay. So, what are some of the challenges that these freelancers or doers, in your case, in your definition, like what do they what do they face in terms of challenges? Uh, quite a lot, I would say. <laughs> uh, I think I think one of the one of the most what should I say high level challenge that we see is that a lot of people who work independently, not necessarily just the freelancers, the geek workers, but everybody who works independently, uh, being an entrepreneur, a startup, or whatever, they tend to spend quite a lot of time on everything that has nothing to do with their business. Um, so there's ton of admin stuff involved in being independent. I think you have experienced that yourself also. I mean, like we've had some conversations around things that, that was admin related. Mm-hmm. And and it just tends to be just like for myself also. And, and I think for all entrepreneurs, basically, uh, admin stuff is just something that needs to be done, but it's never the priority unless, you, of course, you are an accountant of profession or whatever, uh, then it's admin related somehow. But otherwise, a lot of independent workers, they tend to get swam by ton of admin stuff uh, that has nothing to do with their core competences that, that very often was not the reason why they founded the company or, or the business that they founded um, and, and something that they have not thought of. So what we've actually found through a lot of interviews is that what kills a lot of businesses, no matter if it's a business run by an entrepreneur, if it's a startup or if it's a freelancer, is not necessarily a bad business idea. It's not necessarily lack of knowledge or not bad execution, but it's very often everything that lies around the core business that actually kills a business or kills the entrepreneur or freelancer and that at the end of the day makes that person give up because it's just very often too burdensome. So admin stuff, huge headache, right? Especially if you are born into the creative side of things and if you sit down and you know get your Excel sheet done, get your invoicing done, yes. so many aspects of that. So are there what are the tools available to them? We can go to the specific tools that they can use free or paid. I mean, like there are lots of, of course, uh, softwares out there that you can use to plan out. I mean, like Trello, just as an example, um, to to plan out your stuff, um, just as one example. But I think I think what we've found is that it does not necessarily solve the problem just getting one of these tools or getting a suite of these tools because then you still need to keep track of all the different kind of tools. So what we're trying to do at Do a Circle is actually to build a 360 degree support platform because what we found is that, giving you an example, if you come from the corporate world and you get employed in a new role, then from day number one, when you get into the company, you can most often start focusing on what you're hired to do and what you do best, hopefully, because you have a backbone of an HR department, Mm -hmm. you have a finance department, you have an IT department. So day number one, when you get into the company and the new role, you usually get a new laptop, you get a new phone, you get a new tablet, you get copies of your insurance policies, for instance. If you've got other questions, go 
go and ask HR, IT or finance and they will sort it out for you. As an independent doer, you don't have this. Um, and what we have found is that there, there, there are quite a lot of tools out there. there. There are a ton of tools actually that you can use. But we've just found that getting the tools independently or getting the solutions that you need independently in order to get peace of mind and to run your business does not necessarily solve your problem because you still need to go and search for all the different things. So what we try to do at Do Circle is to build two or two 360 degree support platform where you basically get everything under one roof and where you know if you get to, to a platform like Do a Circle, for instance, you have all the tools and the services and support that you need in one place and it's all made for people like you with your needs in mind and more importantly also yeah with your needs in mind but also reaching the the, the price points that you are able to to pay for it because that's another big problem that a lot of things for independent workers is so much more expensive than than if you look at it in a corporate setting um i can give you a ton of examples of this i don't know if this is the time of the conversation to to dig into this oh we can look into examples in fact uh, it would be helpful if we can uh, talk about a spe specific examples of customers on the Dual Circle platform and how do you bring them from like start to where they are right now? Yeah. From when they are lost and confused with so many tools out there and how do you get them started on that? I mean, like craft? one very concrete example is that we have we have a member who has been a member on the platform as a freelancer for quite a while, want to build uh, her own business. And she was just like, hey, I don't even know how to incorporate my business. And she was under the assumption that incorporating the business would be a ton of paperwork. It would be a headache up front. The cost, of, I don't know where she got the quotes from, but, but, but she got fairly high quotes. And I was like, hey, it doesn't have to be that troublesome. You can actually incorporate your business through one of the platforms, uh, through one of the partners in our platform. And it's all online. It's all digital. And it's very, very cost efficient. And he was like, wow, I didn't know that this ex existed because she was just searching through, I mean, like probably normal common channels. Uh, oh, Google is our best friend. Exactly. And, and she just got like completely off in our terminology uh, quotes for, for what she was looking for. And it, and it was a very manual process. So that, that was just killing her up front, just the incorporation of the company. So what we do is that we basically help people from incorporating the company, helping them with corporate secretary to accounting services, for instance. Um, that's also something that kills a lot of freelancers and entrepreneurs and startups. Um, you're, you're nodding, so you, you, probably, <laughs> well, you can well, probably relate well, to this. I do, I do freelance um, voiceover work. Yeah. So like, I have different agencies, not just local, but in the region as well. So yeah, the first time you have to create an invoice, you just got to just Google it. Exactly. <laughs> See what's out there. Yeah, well, one, one, one thing is figuring out how to do the invoice. Mm -hmm. Another thing is like getting the accountant done afterwards. Uh, mm, and and one thing getting, too. Getting taxes. Getting the, uh, taxes, uh -huh. getting, getting the accounting done, <laughs> right. making sure that you file on time. Um, we also see that actually one of the, the, the biggest uh, dispute uh, for, for freelance in Singapore at least and more broadly also in, in the region is late payments of invoices and what we found is that of course of course a lot of companies they tend to pay freelancers and project workers later which is not okay which is mm -hmm. not fair and this is one of the things that needs to be fixed but what we actually also experience is that quite a lot of freelancers they tend to invoice too late um, probably not because they don't want to invoice, but but just because it's not their focus. Mm. So anything that can help them to basically optimize structure, keep track, uh, having things in one place, um, that's probably going to create peace of mind 
on many levels because peace of mind is like when you know you have control over your shit. Sorry uh, for, for 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 my wording, but it's but it's but it's also a matter of of so, so one thing is that you know that you have control, another thing is that you actually know that you get your your bills paid on time. Um, so it's 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 like many things that falls into place if you get a little bit structured, um, and that is what we try to facilitate on on the platform. Okay, so. Let's say our listener is listening right now and he or she is in a full-time job at a company mm. and he's thinking of moving to freelance. Yeah. Maybe this listener has a specific skill set. What should they be thinking about? Steps one to seven, you have a, like a checklist or process. What should they be thinking about in terms of making this move? I, th- I think building a network is step number one. Uh, so being part of a community, building a network, it's quite interesting. Um, we always talk about mentors when you talk about startups or entrepreneurs or even corporate people talk about mentors. There are very few people who talk about mentors for a freelancer. Um, but in my opinion, freelancers can benefit just exactly as much from a mentor or a network because a mentor doesn't necessarily need to be something very formal or structured or you need to meet. Re- meet on a weekly basis or have an agreement in place. It's, when I mention mentor, it, it's more like having a network of people around you who can basically help you opening doors to clients. Uh, so, so, so when you start out, or if you want to make the jump from the corporate world, for instance, to become a freelancer, of course, it's it's quite important to secure your first geeks, your first projects. Um, so how do you do this? Uh, I mean, like that is very often through your network, right? So build your network, get out there, make people aware of your services, use, if, if we talk about about marketing, use LinkedIn. LinkedIn is probably the best possible platform for for selling business services. I mean, like there are a ton of social media tools out there, but 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 LinkedIn. Make sure that you're active there. Make sure that people get to know about your work, about your special competences, and what you do. Um, that's that's probably a step number one. Does it make sense if I link uh, building a network to the proof of concepts because you have an idea, you want to go freelance or start your own business, you're not sure if it works and maybe like testing it out on your friends and family first is Absolutely, that's, that's also what I mean with, with a network. I mean like a network is like helped you to open doors, help you to, to test out your concept, of course. I mean there's a difference again between talking about being a freelancer and going and sell projects and then building a business where you will basically probably invest in in setting up the business, invest in getting people on board, invest in maybe building a product, building a platform, building a service, whatever. That's probably where you need even more proof of concept. Um, I think I think if you have a special skill set, if you're a good designer, for instance, I think it's really just about getting out there, making sure that people start to know about your services, spreading the word through your entire network, because it's very much like if you get the first project, if you get the first gig, then, then if you do good, if you make sure to deliver and, and perform, then it will very often open more doors. Okay, surprisingly, that's the, the first thing to talk about, which is building a network. Because I was thinking about the, all the hard and nitty-gritty parts. You're talking about finance, accounting. I think I think that comes next. So you, so you asked me about what is the first step. Mm. And, and for me, if we talk about a freelancer specifically, it's, it's, it's really like, hey, make sure you get your, your, your services out there because you need to pay your bills, right? It's, it's quite simple. You need to pay your bills. You need someone to pay for your services. So, so make sure you go out and get the first geeks. Um, and then, of course, you need to structure your work afterwards. But, uh, but the first step for me would always for a freelancer be like, hey, make sure that people know about you. Make sure that people know what you're doing and why they should choose you and why you are excellent at what you're doing. 
Okay. So what trends are you seeing either based on your research or from users of the Dual Circle platform and especially with COVID-19 accelerating change? Like what trends do you see? You mentioned there's a hybrid economy that's ongoing. What else? We, we definitely see more and more people becoming self-employed uh, or independent. And we see this both. Um, so, so when we look at independent doers and, and people being independent, there's always a difference in between people being independent by choice and people being independent out of necessity. Um, and, and we see actually a growth in both at the time being. And to a very great extent, it's, it's driven or accelerated right now by COVID. Because if we look at the corporate world, uh, 32 in a recent research, uh, 32% of all organizations say that they're going to scale down on their permanent workforce and go more project-based going forward. 32% of all corporates surveyed say this, um, which is quite a significant um, amount. So, so they're all going to scale down. That means that more corporate people are going to lose their job. Some corporate people, I think, have already, that is at least what we have seen on our platform, some corporate people have already figured out during this period of time, hey, it's actually not too bad being more independent, being able mm. to define my own work, working from home. And that that could be the thing leading from them to leave the corporate world to become independent. So we see that some people, they make they choose to actually actively make this choice. But we also see people being forced in that direction now because they simply lose their job. Um, so we definitely see a, a shift in economy uh, from the corporate side of the table that they are going more project-based, more freelance-based, less permanent workforce uh, as a cost-saving measure. And that, of course, moves more people in direction of independency, whether it's a uh, it's by choice or if it's out, out of necessity. So people could be losing their jobs, which is something we need to resolve. Or at the same time, we're looking at headlines that say people are quitting their jobs yes. because they, they could be used to be working from home and now companies are calling them back into the workforce, into the, the office. And I'm like, no, no way, man. I'm yeah. just going to quit and do my own thing. So let's say you are forced to work as a, a freelance or contract basis. Mm. And it's different from being a full-time employee. Yeah. So what are some of the things that I need to look out for when negotiating the contract with my company. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Because you might not have the same benefits, bonuses structure yeah. might be different, you know, so what, how the, should the, I negotiate? The thing, is, the, the thing is that you usually do not necessarily, uh, or at least like the majority of freelancers, they don't just work for one company, they work for several companies. So it's of course a matter of figuring out how do you how do you put together your how do you structure your own time? So so how many companies can you work for? How many how many projects can you deliver? How many projects do you need to deliver in order to get your bills paid? So so that is one thing that you need to sort of structure out on, on your own side of the table first. And when you negotiate with the with the companies, um, I mean like payment terms is one thing that we always uh, see mm. a struggle paid on. Paid within 30 days, 60 paid days. Within 
paid within 30 days. And a lot of companies we've seen, they tend to try to, to drag it and say like, I mean, like a classical example is that you need to deliver a creative project that is dragging over four, five, six months, whatever. Uh, some companies, they tend to suggest that they only pay you at the end of the project, which is definitely not in your favor, right? Because then you might go four, five, six months without any payment. And what happens if there's a dispute at the end of the at, at, at the end of the period? Mm. Then it might drag even further. Um, so, so I would say always try to negotiate that you get a fixed monthly pay um, because that's going to secure you and that's going to secure that you're getting for part of your deliveries as you move. Okay, so instead of getting a lump sum at the end of the project, yes. which sometimes they... They use the term development hell, like a project can go into development hell and no product yeah. gets produced at the end of the day. Exactly. And so then you might not get paid. Yeah. So if you have asked for a monthly payout yes. based on yes. deliverables, yeah. then yeah, assured in a certain way. Exactly. Okay. And and it's of course fair enough that, that there's maybe also, I mean, like it, depending on what kind of project it is that you're jumping on, but if it's a bigger project, for instance, I think it's also fair and it might even be in your advantage as a freelancer or project worker to include uh, some kind of uh, of performance bonus towards mm. the end. So, so depending on what you deliver and how well you deliver, you can actually get further awarded at the end. But that should not eliminate the fact that you should get paid a certain amount mm. every single month or two. That'd be good for marketing people based on results yes, and effectiveness yes, of the campaign. Yeah, and it, 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 can basic, be, it can right? be marketing people, it can be uh, developers, it can be, it can basically, it can be salespeople actually, it can be basically all kind of pro- professions almost. Okay, but don't go purely on a performance basis. Like no, you still need I, I, a basic I, wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend this. <laughs> okay, what else besides the payment terms and besides the... Yeah, money. Then, of course, it depends again on the length of the contract. Um, So if you go with uh, one of the big corporates, for instance, uh, it's also not unheard of that you as a freelancer or project worker can go with one of the big corporates and you would probably go on a one-year contract or a two-year contract or whatever up front. If that's the case, I would always negotiate insurances, for instance, to be part of it, which is very uncommon uh, for for freelancers and a lot of freelancers they don't think about it they don't even ask about it so a lot of freelancers a lot of self-employed people they tend to be fairly humble at least in the beginning of their journey Um, so they tend not to ask for too much Um, and I don't think you should be too shy I think you should basically ask for what you're worth so that could be an, another example, like like depending, of course, if, if, if you're in on a very short uh, deliverable, like a two week, three week, five, four weeks, whatever, then you might not want to ask or need to ask for insurance. But if you're on a longer project, for instance, I would always ask for, for instance, insurance to be covered also. Mm, okay, so insurance. But also, it could also be like a transportation cost. I mean, like it could be all different kind of cost. I mean, like if, if you need to travel to a client's office uh, on a daily basis, uh, you don't need to do this in Singapore at least right now because that is not allowed but uh, but but post covid hopefully again and so if you need to travel on a daily basis or a weekly basis or whatever make sure that all these costs are, are included because very often for a freelance or project worker travel costs like real travel costs when you travel abroad that will always be covered but it's not necessarily part of the agreement that travel costs to and from client meetings to and from the office will be covered that's another thing that you can consider Okay, you mentioned people should charge what they are worth. But apart from asking for my peers in the industry, like how else can I know what is like a benchmark that I can you know, charge my client on? I think that is where you can use the network quite a lot. Okay. Um, so, so, so that is again coming back to the network and making sure you have 
a good network or advisors or mentors or whatever we call them. It's ultimately about a network, having having people around you that, that you can bounce things off on. Uh, also, if you're coming from the corporate world, refer back to what did I used to get paid? I mean, like, what would I get paid if I was still in the corporate world? Um, and what do I see my peers getting paid? Mm, okay. Could you comment on say, doing taxes, and in the case of Singapore, CPF contributions as well? Like, do you have thoughts about it? What do you advise? It, it's quite interesting because CPF is not mandatory for, for freelancers in Singapore. Um, there was, I think it's dating back to 2015, 2016, if I'm not wrong, there was this tripartite working group that looked into this in Singapore. And they came out with quite a lot of recommendations uh, to what companies should consider to include for project workers that work with them for longer periods. But it, it it stayed with recommendations. So 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 nothing has actually put in place yet. Um, and this is where one of the areas where I think the government could basically step in uh, because I think it's 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 quite interesting. There's a clear link between social security and what you spend on social security and productivity. And since we know that the independent workforce is becoming a bigger, a bigger and more important part of the of the future of work, then it's in the interest of the entire economy to make sure that the productivity of this group of people is also at a high level. So in my opinion, there's no way that the government would not want to look at this group of people and making sure that we get this group of people secured in the future. And so, so I think I think we need to step beyond recommendations, and we probably need to step into looking at how can we enforce some of these things by rules and regulations and law. But again, but again, we are not lawmakers here, right? So, so we are just here to talk about the interest of uh, of, of of this huge group of people. Um, so, I um, just want to state that uh, that of course I'm. I'm not a lawmaker, but... Uh, <laughs> but what are your own thoughts? Like, what, what do you think should be the policies that support this group of people who is increasing numbers by the day? I, I think it would make sense in Singapore uh, that that CPF becomes mandatory also for for freelancers and project workers. I cannot see it at least if you, if you if you work with a company for of course if you're in on a on a week project or a two week project it might be more difficult. But if you're in in on a longer term project, um, I think it definitely has to be be mandatory. Mm, okay, so CPF, taxes, finance, accounting, yeah. these are all the hard technical stuff. But it seems like there's the the soft skills or personal aspects of doing freelance work, for example, you need to be very disciplined. You mentioned yes. like one could be managing several different comp- companies or clients at the same time. You need to manage your time accordingly. Yes. When we talk about invoicing, I have an example of a friend. She finds it so hard to invoice. Yes. She feels that, you know, because she's so creative. Like invoicing, this is not me. But, but I mean, I, I completely agree. And we've been working with, in, with freelancers, of course, also do a circle at our platform. We also work with freelancers. And once in a while, and I might be a little bit because I'm basically working for this group of people and, and we are working for this group of people under do a circle. So, so once in a while, I need to remind the freelancers to actually invoices, which is a bit fun, right? But I don't think it's unusual. Mm-hmm. And, and that, is, that is where I think a lot of freelancers and independent people, they need to be a little bit more structured and a little bit more disciplined and, and put some structure in place. And it's hard to advise on because one structure might work for one person and it might not work for another person. So I think it's, I think it's really personal what kind of structure that will help you 
keep up your discipline. But you're completely right that when you work for a company and when you're all of a sudden on your own, it requires two different kind of things. But it's it's the same with actually work from home. We see people who are performing extremely well uh, during work from home. We see people who really need somebody to sort of kick their ass once in a while to, to make sure that they get going. And I think it's just because people are different, right? Mm. Um, but it's quite interesting talking about, talking about work from home because the majority of people surveyed, they say that they actually prefer to work from home. And I think that is, again, going to create a whole new dynamic uh, in, in the future of work and the, and the hybrid of work that we're going to see going forward. Okay. Well, some people, it depends on your, your physical space because some people need an office mm-hmm. or you need to create an office-like environment at home yes. in order for you to be productive. Yeah. Uh, working from home is great because uh, well, it saves you on commute mm-hmm. and you get more free time. You can manage yeah. your time accordingly. But you also see more, and, uh, you see greater and greater use of um, of, of co-working spaces, for instance. Uh, at Dua Circle, one of the things that we uh, we are offering is a Dua Circle office pass. So it's an equivalent to class pass for fitness, if, if, if you know of this. Right. So instead of becoming a member of one co-working space, you get access to more than 45 of the coolest co-working spaces in Singapore with the Dua Circle office pass. And, and that basically allows you flexibility. There's almost always a co-working space in the near view at a very, very affordable price. Um, and, and what we see that is quite interesting is that it's not just individuals going for that solution now. We actually see corporates going in that uh, direction also. Like a lot of corporates are either downsizing their corporate office or shutting down their corporate office and starting giving allowances to their employees to actually uh, decide where they want to work from. Because I completely agree with you that some people, they would have the luxury of having a space at home where they could sort of create an office-like area um, so that they also have a boundary between what what is office, what is home, what is free time, what is work. But some people, they don't have that luxury. Some people are young, new graduates. They might live with a family or they might live in a shared apartment or whatever. And that might, first of all, it might be a very limited space, but it might also be difficult to have more people working in the same limited space. Um, And in that sense, we have actually seen an increased use of co-working spaces after the circuit break break office. And it ties back to the whole building a network, right? Because if people are using these co-working spaces, maybe there are people like you. Most likely there'll be people like you. Like, hey, you're a designer, I'm a designer too. Yep. And you're seeing that companies, maybe they are downsizing so they don't have office space anymore. And like, here's the part of the basic compensation plan. Go yep. look for a co-working space if you want to. Yes. Okay, so there's a trend going towards that as well. Yes, yes. And I think it's quite interesting that we see corporates accepting that model also now. And that just underlines uh, what I said in the beginning, that that I don't think you're either a corporate employee or freelancer or project worker or whatever we define people as. I think you're going to see an integration of all different kind of work forms going forward. And the more we see corporate employees moving into the typical spaces for entrepreneurs and freelancers like co-working spaces, the more everybody is going to be uh, integrated and of course, the more you're also going to see these people connecting with each other. And that probably will make people move from one area to another area. It might even open doors for, for freelancers being in co-working spaces where they will all of a sudden meet corporate people. I mean, like being in these spaces instead of just being stuck at home uh, opens a lot of doors. But there's also the traditional mindset that bosses want to see their employees at work. Like You need to see them in order to know that they're doing work. Well, you're kind of being forced to abandon that mindset because they're either downsizing or they have no choice because people are choosing to work from home. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm obviously there's still bosses who mm-hmm. would who would probably uh, be more in direction of of the traditional way of doing things, and they would want to have people in the office. They they only believe that people can be productive if they're in the office. I would strongly disagree with this. Um, I think that uh, a lot of people they can be equally productive or even more productive if they are put into a more uh, inspiring place, for instance, to work. So so this is one thing. But another thing is, I think even a lot of the most traditional leaders they have learned that a lot of things can be done digitally. Um, so I think what we've all learned uh, during COVID, I mean, like probably both you and I have already been pretty digital, but uh, but I also acknowledge that there are a lot of corporate leaders who have ne- not necessarily been that digital, who have been much more into face-to-face interaction. But it's, I think even a lot of those have learned that, hey, we can actually do a lot of things through Zoom. We can actually do a lot of things through Teams. We do not necessarily need to be face-to-face. Does it mean that I think everything can be done online in the future? No, because there's still value in being face-to-face. I think, I think it creates a different kind of dynamic, but I don't think we need to be face-to-face all the time because I also think that when we're face-to-face in an office all the time, I think it also steals a lot of time uh, because people start to gossip or chit chat or whatever. So I think it's a balance. And and I think this is this this is what we're going to see in the future, that we are going to find a new kind of balance. We are going to find a hybrid way of, uh, of working. Okay. So you mentioned that Dual Circle does a 360 support for people in the community, people on the platform. And from the website, I'm getting a sense that you all provide support in the form of like getting the families of the doers involved as well. Tell me a bit more about that. Yeah, that's that's basically our latest addition. Um, so we've just added a category on the platform called Do Family. And we've only taken the first uh, minor step in that direction, but it's completely correct. And that that is basically related to what I said earlier, that, that we believe in a 360 approach, a one-stop-shop approach. And, and we are firm believers, I'm personally a firm believer in that if you don't have peace of mind in your private life, you cannot perform in your business life. So we believe unlike other platforms that tend to be very focused on certain business solutions, we believe that we need to offer all the solutions that, that keep you safe and secure uh, in your life. Because if you're peace of mind in your private side of, uh, of life, then you perform so much better in your business side of life. I referred to the report earlier that that states that there's a very clear link between social benefit spent uh, and productivity. And that basically just links back to what I'm talking about here, that you need to have peace of mind in, in terms of your private life in order to be able to channel your energy and focus your time and resources into your business. Um, so that's the reason why we have started including family services, family offerings, the possibility to actually cover your family members under some of our services in the platform. That's basically just coming from also the corporate world. So if you work for one of the very big corporates, it's not unusual that that the corporate will also cover your family members, right? And when you work as an independent doer, uh, no matter if you're a freelancer, project worker, entrepreneur, startup, or whatever you are, then of course you also need to be able to provide for your family, right? Um, and that mm. is what we try to make up for at the platform. Cover my family members in what sense? Like, is there something? Specific? I mean, like the the thing that we have uh, that we've started out with is that we have entered into a partnership with, or we we are starting offering services from a place called Treehouse in Singapore. That is, in my opinion, a, a brilliant concept. So it's it's basically an integrated co-working space, nursery, and 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 childcare. And so they have nursery, they have preschool, uh, and integrated uh, co-working space and a cafe. And they have a, a huge playground where you can come with 
with your family in the weekend. And that's the first kind of thing that we have launched in the platform. But we're looking into insurances also. You can already include your spouse um, on our health insurance. Um, so that is also something that we have added. We're looking into many more areas um, so that you can protect your family members in the same kind of way as you protect yourself. So as a freelancer, what else should I need to consider to give myself a peace of mind so that I can really do my best in my, in my work? Apart from all these that you mentioned, taking care of the family, having insurance for them. I think having insurance for yourself and your family mm. is something that is very often overlooked uh, by, by by freelancers. So what we say, and not just freelancers, but independent workers in general. So we meet lots of, uh, of, of startups and entrepreneurs, early entrepreneurs who say, yeah, I know I should have insurance, but I don't. I just cross my fingers or pray to whoever I pray to and I hope everything goes well. And that's also fine as long as it goes well, but it's always something that is at the back of their mind. And a lot of these people, they say, when we challenge them a little bit on why don't you have the insurance in place? And well, cost could be a factor. Exactly, cost yeah. is a factor. And the fact that insurance traditionally is very, very intransparent. So insurance is usually something that is quite burden talking about being burdensome then then accounting can be burdensome to a lot of people but but looking into insurances can be very burdensome also because it's not very transparent it's very often communicated in a way that a lot of normal sensible people they they don't understand it i mean like you need to have a higher degree in whatever in order to understand a normal insurance policy um and then the price point can be an issue so what we try to do at do a circle is to communicate differently about the insurances. We try to make insurances available in a more digestible form and we negotiate on behalf of the entire group so that we bring significantly lower price points to our members compared to what they can get um, in the market. Okay. Before we wrap up this part of the conversation, is there anything else you want to share or highlight based on what we're discussing today? No, I think like we came pretty broad around all the topics. So, so I think if we talk about the freelancers again, and if you're an early stage freelancer or, or, or just considering to become a freelancer, make sure that you get your structure in place. Make sure that you keep yourself disciplined. Make sure that you remember to invoice uh, and, and do all that stuff because that is important. Okay, take care of yourself. Take care of people around you. Yes. Hey, I hope you've learned something useful today and I truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconuts. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group, follow us on our socials, sign up for our weekly newsletter. Everything is in the description. If you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. For more information, check out thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, have a great day ahead, stay tuned next week and remember, personal finance can be chill, clear and sustainable for all. I have three questions for you. Yes. First question is, what is one core life principle that you hold? That's a very good question. Uh, I have, I have a, I don't know if I have a lot of core principles, but I stay true to myself. It's very important for me that I, that I'm always true to my own values and true to what I believe in. That's very core, and that at least makes me feel like I do better in everything I do in life. So that means that I make, I'm basically the best version of myself in my private life, but also in business life. So staying true to myself, not deviating in in order to try to obtain whatever kind of things but stay true to myself that's probably my 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 number one core okay 
We are a finance podcast. So my second question is, what is one piece of financial advice that you think should be shared more often? You can link it back to freelancers if you'd like. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. One piece of advice only. Um, mm, financial advice. Financial, yes. <laughs> People need to talk about more. I think what what a lot of especially young people underestimate is starting to invest early on. So a lot of people have the understanding that you need ton of money in order to start to invest. But that's actually not true. You can start to invest with only a hundred dollars in hand. And I think I think just getting the message out there that that get the money to work for you start investing earlier even with small money make the small money grow and then they will grow bigger and you can invest more with these money of course i think that's quite important i think it's quite important to understand especially for younger people that you do not necessarily need to have a million dollars in hand in order to start investing you can start very very small and the earlier you start uh, the more interesting your investment portfolio is going to be at the end well digging into that a little bit more because as a freelancer my cash flow is not consistent so mm-hmm. how should i approach investing we should still invest yeah but what advice do you have for them get started I mean, like get started and make your make your research. I mean, like figure out what is it that you want to invest in. I mean, like are you are you into share? Are you into stocks, for instance? Then figure out what kind of stocks are you into. Um, what what is it that attracts you? I mean, like personally, I'm into things that I can relate to, and I fully respect and have an understanding of that. There are people who are purely into stocks that will give them the highest expected return, for instance. Uh, and it's important to say expected return because you can never know, right? So for me personal, it's just very important because otherwise I don't have interest in following it. So for me personally, it's important to figure out what is it that I'm interested in um, and then drive my investments in that direction. Okay. My final question for you today, what is one area of your life that you're giving additional focus? Health. Health. Yeah. Oh, small. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I'm just very health conscious, extremely health conscious, extremely health focused. I believe that if I'm healthy in mental level, on a physical level, then I also perform better. So for me, it's just important. I'll almost say the more busy I am, the more things I have on my plate, the more important it is for me to stay healthy. And stay healthy, that means that I'm conscious about what I eat, what I drink. I'm conscious about moving myself every day. I'm conscious about I, I do meditation. I do mindfulness um, and the more busy I am and the more stressed I am because being an independent doer can be very stressful uh, it's actually in periods uh, very stressful for I would say or I haven't ever met a person who is independent who has not felt stress in in one or another way and for me at least personally it is like the more stressed I guess the more I focus on uh, my health part because the better I'll get through that period and the better I'll perform so so health is definitely a core principle also in my life 
I think that's one area that freelancers need to take note of as well. Health, whether it's physical health, mental health, you need to allocate it as part of your schedule yeah. to take care of yourself. And it's quite interesting. And we offer that all to talk about the 360 degree support on Dua Circle. We, we actually have a mindfulness app, um, an amazing mindfulness app available on the platform also at a very affordable price. And it's quite interesting if you just invest, and I say invest, five to 10 minutes a day in your mental health, you'll feel quite fast that you get so much more grounded, you get so much more focused and you get so much more productive. And that's just not just me saying that. It's it's actually evidence-based uh, that, uh, that the more you turn into yourself, uh, the more focused and the more productive you actually get. All right. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for having me.